In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Tonight, I am glad to say, relieved actually, to say that our feet will all stay safe and sound in our shoes. You know, one of my sisters once said to me with only the disdain that a teenage girl can muster, you're pretty much cute all around, except when you take off your shoes. And she would get this sneer of disgust on her face whenever she looked at my feet. So it's true, actually, my feet are distinctly not cute, which is why I prefer personally not to have anyone examine them too closely. Unlike the Advent, many of the churches where I've worshipped over the course of my life did include a foot washing in their Maundy Thursday worship service as a literal act of obedience to Jesus' command in John 13 to do likewise. And while a ritual foot washing can have moments of beauty and love, at the time I found that my own spiritual barometer measured in awkward fluctuations of pride and shame beneath that outer veneer of humility and service. A song still echoes in my head, a remnant from those Maundy Thursday services called the Servant Song. The first line goes, Won't you let me be your servant? Won't you let me be as Christ to you? The rest of the lyrics of the song show a beautiful picture of what fellowship in the body of Christ can look like along the lines of the horizontal love that Jesus commands in tonight's gospel lesson. But honestly, when I was down on my knees washing a set of particularly unlovely feet from a person I didn't really know, I was not thinking horizontally of how much I loved that person or how I wanted to serve them. I was usually, on those nights, praying a desperately vertical prayer to Jesus to get me through it. And when the tables were turned and it was my own uncute feet that were on display, my vertical prayers ramped up even more along with even some deep breathing to overcome my shame. The question that Servant Song asks, as if from one Christian Christian to another, can only be answered if a similar question is first asked and answered. Again, that horizontal question, won't you let me be your servant, can only ever follow the vertical question, Won't I let Christ serve me? Won't you let Christ serve you? In the gospel lesson, Peter answers that question with a vehement no when he says to Jesus, You shall never wash my feet. We know that on that night just before his betrayal and arrest, Jesus had supper with the twelve apostles. During that meal, Jesus was preparing his disciples symbolically for what would happen the next day. He broke the bread and he called it his body. He blessed the cup and Jesus called the wine in it his own blood of the new covenant. 
Jesus was showing them that night long ago that he is the true Paschal Lamb, the true Passover Lamb, whose blood would be shed to take away the sins of the world. By inviting them, and us now too, to be one with him in the sharing of that bread and that cup, Jesus is giving us the opportunity to let his sacrifice be for us in the way that the sacrifice of the Passover lamb long ago and even today in Jewish households, but on that first Passover, that Passover lamb was for the people of the Jewish household who partook in that Passover meal. In the lesson from Exodus 12 tonight, we hear that the blood of the lamb was put all around the doorframe on the household so that the Lord would pass over that house when he visited Egypt with his judgment. For us, the blood of the true Passover lamb, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, is spread on the doorposts of our hearts as a sign and a seal to shield us from the judgment and death that would otherwise come our way. And we hear about Jesus' institution of Holy Communion as a kind of prophetic action that night with those 12 apostles that would foreshadow and interpret his death in advance of the next day. In his gospel, though, John tells us about a second way in which Jesus prepared his 12 apostles for the meaning of his death on Calvary. That night, that same night as that memorable meal, Jesus got down on his hands and knees and he washed the feet of his disciples. This was an action that even the lowest Hebrew servant was exempt from performing because it was considered too lowly, beneath even him. But it was not beneath Jesus. Jesus showed them what true humility and true service looks like. Paul tells us in his letter to the Philippians that that humility of Jesus, that service of Jesus, went beyond just washing feet. That Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus' death for us brings forgiveness and cleansing from sin so that those who believe on him are washed in the blood of the Lamb. This is the washing that Jesus is talking about when he responds to Peter's protest. He says, If I do not wash you, you have no part in me. It is as though in that moment, with Peter long ago, Jesus is asking him, Won't you let me be your servant? One summer, when I was a child, my family took a free vacation. Free vacations are always good things, especially if you have a large family. And we got to stay in a lodge at a conference center that could normally accommodate dozens of people. But we had the place all to ourselves. And rather than using up each one of the 28 bedrooms like we dreamed of, 
My three siblings and all, I, I, my three siblings and I actually all ended up deciding to sleep in one room altogether, which I think would show that we actually really liked each other despite all our protests. I'll never forget, in the middle of the night, I woke up suddenly to a loud thud, followed by a shrill wail. In a sleepy haze, I looked out and I saw my younger sister screaming with her hand glued to her chin. She had fallen off the top bunk onto the hard wooden floor. As I heard the sound of my parents rushing towards our bedroom, blood began to trickle out through the fingers of my sister's hand, which remained resolutely clamped over the wound. In the midst of her cries, my father spoke to her reassuringly, trying to calm her down, trying to get her to move her hand so that he could see the wound. She refused continually. Finally, my father sat down, pulled her onto his lap, and then he tipped her back, and he firmly removed her hand himself. He got bloody in the process, but there was no other way to get through to my stubborn sister. We are like my sister. We can't move our hand from our chin like her. We are all too familiar with the kind of shame that I personally feel over my ugly feet. We don't want anyone to see our faults and our imperfections, our wounds and our sin. We are like Peter in our pride. We refuse to let Jesus wash us. We don't want Jesus to see those parts of us that hurt or that we are ashamed of. We don't want Jesus to see the effects of sin in our life. We wish that it would all just magically go away. But the truth is that Jesus sees us anyway. He sees all of us, even those unlovely parts. Because he sees and he knows everything, just like his Father in heaven. And you know, that night before he died, in the upper room, John tells us that Jesus saw and knew in advance exactly what Judas would soon do. John tells us that Jesus knew who was to betray him. Jesus saw all of Judas, and he washed his feet anyway. Jesus saw and knew all of Peter in his pride, even when he himself was clueless about it. Jesus washed Peter's feet anyway. When we walk forward in a few moments to receive communion, we will ourselves receive again what Jesus has done for us in dying for our sins on the cross. When we walk forward to receive, it is as, a as though we allow the blood of the Lamb to be painted on the doorposts of our hearts. Jesus has dragged our own hand away from our bloody chin. He has seen and touched and washed our ugly feet. 
Jesus humbled himself to wash, cleanse, forgive, and restore all the hurting and ugly parts of you and of me. Those parts that are outside, but those deeply inward parts as well. It is an act of faith to let Jesus do this, to receive from and through him, not just once, but again and again. My favorite commentator on John's Gospel writes, Those who are humble enough to receive what Jesus in his humility is ready to do for them. Those, in other words, who are willing to accept the cleansing for which his own submission to death makes available to them are wholly clean. No other washing is required. No further means of salvation are necessary. And so Jesus says to you tonight, won't you let me be your servant? Amen.